0: Welcome aboard everybody on a Friday afternoon Um, depending on who you talk to it could be a wonderful Friday and it could be the worst Friday of the next four years. Anyway, um, we're not about that. This is your refuge from all that. Um, this uh, is Too bad,
1: we're going to talk about it. Trump News... is probably the...
0: <laughs> this is the State News Sports Podcast. Uh, before Stephen rudely interrupted me, my name is Casey Harrison. We're taking you along on this Friday Inauguration afternoon. Inauguration
1: Friday that and we're going to uh, talk
0: about and break down who's performing... <laughs> <laughs> no bender no josh that's bad that's oh. that's <laughs> anyway Wrong
1: podcast i'm sorry
0: if you uh, if you heard that intro music that is the man who opened up the next 4 years of america um mr kid rock and coincidentally he'll be opening up at the brand new little caesar's arena uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, we've got a loaded slate for you today. There's a lot we want to talk about. Um, first and foremost, I mean, we're going to tease off everything, uh, give you the rundown. Um, the Raiders, they're moving to Las Vegas. That news broke yesterday. It's official. Uh, there were there were rumors about it, speculating for about the last week, um, but that is officially on the move. Um, Steven has a question about the future of the MSU football team. I think he's missing that beat a little bit. Um, and I, I keep wanting to talk about it. Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. It seems like a uh, a saga that's just going to continue to keep getting bigger. Um, and the baseball writers inducted some new members into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Steven has some strong opinions about those. And before we go, we're going to break down a little bit of Indiana and MSU. They play on Saturday. Um, so
1: let's get into the mix real quick. Um, I'll, I'll start. I don't, don't want to let you go getting into that without talking about Kid Rock. I You know, that, that <laughs> first you lead in this great show with an abomination of a, a singer. I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway. No, Kid I Rock mean, isn't good. Okay. Don't get me wrong. There are songs that I like about Kid Rock and, you know, being from the state we have to like, you know, we're supposed to like the hometown boys, right? You know, like I'm M, Kid Rock, Tim Allen, all those, you know, all of the celebrities. Yeah,
0: Tim Allen, you know, your favorite Coke dealer. Like... <laughs> He's a great guy.
1: <laughs> <Coke> <laughs> he, he went from Coke Western.
0: dealer to, like, family dad to to um,
1: Santa Claus, you right. know. <laughs> hey, what a all, life. We all get there at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, I, and you know where Kid Rock's uh, closing out or opening up, like you said? Little Caesars Arena. Little Caesars Arena. Uh, I can't wait for that place to open. I
0: just want to... I <laughs> am so glad that Joe Louis is closing. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a historical venue. It held many Stanley Cup championships, but... It's time for that place to go. That place is a
1: dump. I mean, my dad and I were talking about it when we were down there for the GLI, and he's like, I've been coming here for nearly four decades, and it sucks. Yeah. He's like, "Thank God. I, I I literally asked him, I go, "Are you going to miss it?" He said, "No, not at all." <laughs> I, <laughs> I went I there. I can't and... blame him either. I mean, it's just it's kind of ugly, look. I mean, you, you remember those places from your childhood? You're like, "Wow, you know, I, I saw a lot of games here. I you know, I saw some cool moments in in, in the Joe and I you know, I even played on the ice a couple times. So it's like, you know, um, oh, kudos it, to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're a
0: special little snowflake. Oh
1: boy. Anyway, um, you know, y- you kind of you would miss it in that sense of like, "Oh, you know, it's part of the town for a little bit but when you look at what they're going to do with little caesar's arena welcome to the 21st century oh yeah without a (laughs) doubt and (laughs) i I feel bad for venues like the palace because that place is just going to
0: get abandoned and eventually it's going to be torn down Mm -hmm. and i still think the palace is a really nice venue um that's where i had my graduation um wow but it i mean i I went to go see louis ck at at the joe over the summer and I just had stuff dripping on me. I don't know if it was water. I don't know if it was somebody else's secretions. Oh, it, it was just. Oh. I had no idea oh. where. I didn't even know where it was coming from. I just knew that it was coming from up. I couldn't see a crack in the in the fixture or right. anything yeah, oh, and yeah. it just dripped on me the entire show i i <laughs> I, I wrote an email to <laughs> didn't even move no because i couldn't it was sold out oh okay it, yeah, louis sense. ck sold out the joe oh, right okay and um sense. i i wrote a letter to like the um the the front office there oh and you're were, one of those people yeah, well
1: i'm like <laughs> oh i have concerns address them please I, I was just like i have concerns address my needs i have I was just like, this place is leaking. Like, I, I was very unsatisfied here. And they were just like. I'm an unsatisfied customer. Please me.
0: I, I was just. And they were just like, yeah, that's nice. Um,
1: so. They were like, well, oh, there's a new arena opening up next year. Calm down. K-
0: kudos to Olympia Entertainment. Um, I'm glad they're finally getting their way. Um, building that stadium with publicly funded dollars. And you know who else is building a stadium with publicly funded dollars? The brand new. Las Vegas Las Vegas the Raiders. Las Vegas. That's almost a tongue twister if you Las say it Vegas fast Raiders. enough. Yeah. yeah. Duh. So Duh. it it was announced Duh. early Thursday afternoon or early Thursday. Um that the team would be moving to Las Vegas. Um, it, they're going to be building a 65,000-seat domed stadium. It's going to cost around $1.9 billion, in which $750 million is coming from hotel tax revenue. I don't really know how I feel about that because it's coming from hotels. I mean, it's still public money. It shouldn't be going towards that. Vegas, but baby. It is Vegas. I mean, it, you're not building schools, and you're not building, like, parks or anything there. So Right. I, I mean, it's still taking away from the people that live there, but it's, it could be worse. You could be the L.A. Chargers. Um, $650 million is coming from uh, Sheldon Adelson, the owner of the Raiders, and then the other $500 million is coming from the NFL and its revenue sharing. Um, so they, they still have to get an approval, but it looks like it's going to go through.
1: We only need 24 out of 32 teams. So yeah. I, I mean, I can't. If they approve the Chargers leaving, I yeah, appreciate it though. And
0: I mean, leave it to the Chargers. I mean, th- those poor fans. They had to go through a decade, over a decade of just unsufferable football. And then as soon as they get good, as soon as there is a bright side of the future, they move. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Lions fans have it bad, but at least they still have a football team.
1: Right, undeservingly so. Some days. Um. <laughs> anyway, that that's a story for another day. But you know, I kind of look at this juxtaposing of these two teams leaving. You see, you know. Um people started to cheer the the Vegas move, I mean other than Oakland Raiders fans, but the Oakland Raiders were since eighty one have moved four times now, or this will be their fourth time, yeah, I mean from Oakland to l a to Oakland again, now leaving the uh that area that pretty much has called them you know their team for the longest time. I mean think about it like when i when I labeled that hierarchy, I mean the Raiders were California's pro football team for a while, and you know you kind of just wonder. You know, like, like it, it's all a business, and we went through this last time with the Chargers. It, it really is mostly a business, but it's kind of a weird juxtaposition, and, you know, I hadn't really thought about this till earlier. Las Vegas is the home of gambling. Yeah. And the NFL, for all intents and purposes, hates gambling. And uh, where are they at? Oh, the epicenter of it all. You the, know what else the they thing hate, they call though? unhealthy and, and all of that and they rage against gambling it's gonna hurt the league. and I you know I think I think a lot of these games it takes away from the integrity Steven oh that's right I think a lot of these games if Vegas didn't exist where you could put money on or fancy football, you know, with money changing hands the way it is with DraftKings and FanDuel and just even people's personal leagues, I don't think that many people pay attention to the NFL. Oh, no. I mean, how many people are that invested in the NFL? They're invested in their money. I mean, so that's, they watch. that's why it's such a popular sport and it, it's such a short attention span, week to week type of thing mm-hmm.
0: where it's not the NHL where they're playing weekdays, it's not the NBA, it's not MLB where they're playing 162 days. Right. Um, that's why people like it so much. It's short, it's action packed, and that, that kind of encompasses. The people in today's society
1: i want to know if this starts a slope like a slippery slope down into does the nfl or do they start with the nfl's move do they start thinking about taking gambling a little more seriously and allowing every state to have uh gambling you know you can gamble on sports now do you think that becomes a thing with this move it, it
0: could think be that's but the process starts, another the thing, start it could be i mean it very well could be when i went to um Windsor over break, there was a sports desk and there was a sports bookie there and I kind of wanted to put some money down on a game but there wasn't anything that I, I was, was very familiar excited. with yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but another thing that really interests me is that there's two professional sports franchises in Las Vegas that are going to be there in the near future when this time last year there was nothing right. there's there weren't even talks I mean there were a little bit of rumors but nothing like too big and I, I never really saw Las Vegas as a destination for sports. I mean, when you go to Vegas, they're saying, "Let's go see Cirque du Soleil. Let's go see Love. Let's go see all of the different types of um, attractions that, that, that they bring there." And and not to not to forget the gambling. I mean, that's why it's a it's a settlement in the first place. Right. right. Um. I I but I think it's a cool gimmick. I think people there um, from all over are going to be like, "Hey, you want to go catch a game?" And I, I think it's a gimmick that kind of isn't going to wear off. I mean, I, I could see them generating not a lot
1: of attendance, but I could see it being sustainable. See, here's where I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. However, where are a lot of these successful fan bases? Um, they're in the cities
0: that... Kind of like original cities. Like, I don't, I don't want to use the word original six... But your New Yorks, your Bostons, your Chicagos, your Detroits, places like that, places in the north. Do those places have traditions? Um, I
1: mean, you get—you got to tease that out a little bit, elaborate. Um, I mean, the Patriots are a Boston-area team. The New England Patriots, obviously. I mean, all of New England. Uh, The Packers, probably one of your more successful franchises, is homegrown and people-owned of that city. Uh, The Lions been here since the 30s yeah and Um, i mean ford's uh, as much as chicago bears been there just as long as the lions have mostly think about where a lot of these successful teams are there as many people that live out west they live in california along the coast yeah i mean they don't really no one lives really in vegas and no one's going to be able to call vegas home i mean you you live in vegas
0: i mean there's a very handful of specific people and you don't it's a it's an odd
1: demographic and here's why i don't think the hockey team will be successful either because if you don't have that great of a product, because it's not homegrown, one, no, people don't really respond. Well, like when they put hockey in Atlanta, I get like that's hockey, that's a different sport. People don't always respect hockey, but putting a team in a, a southern city like that wasn't gonna make any sense. See, but when you the move the football to Las Vegas and it's twelve weeks out of the year, eight home games they're gonna play, you kind of gotta look at it. Nobody's gonna grow up being a Las Vegas Raiders fan either. i I can I can see it them lasting ten years and moving back to Oakland again.
0: I could see that because I,
1: it could be a very much a flip flop type of thing because you know how many people go and visit Vegas? No one stays in Vegas. I mean, how many people actually live in Vegas besides but people that work there?
0: The thing that works to Vegas' advantage is it's a very nice area to go in the dead winter. I mean, when, when people talk about going to Vegas, usually they don't go in the summer. They right. go in the swing of the NFL season. Right. So if they're out gambling and then, oh, we're going to catch a plane Monday, we're going to take it easy on Sunday, let's go catch a game.
1: The only problem is the Raiders this year were a good team that had a shot at making it further in the playoffs, but without Derek Carr, I mean, they were very good, and who knows how long he'll be out. And if this year is, let's say, just one year out of a good year and they're very bad in the next couple of years a failed venture. It's a powder keg. Um, and it's something I, you got to be careful for. I, I think for. putting a team in Vegas is very risky just for that because there's nobody, there's no hometown, I mean, what's the grassroots community movement going to look like in Las Vegas? And I think... What are they going to do, go to the Mormons in Utah and say, we're your football team? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's right across the border. I think... What, who uh, are they going to talk to? Like, how many people live in Nevada, actually? <laughs> I mean, like, it's not very many, you know? Like, no one's going to be like, wow, that's Nevada's team, like... You know, when they think of Michigan, oh, the Lions are Michigan's team. 2.8
0: million people live in Nevada. Right. Um, there's 10 million people live in Michigan alone. Yes. And so... I'm sure in the epicenter of that is Nevada, or at Las Vegas,
1: and, like, uh, Reno. I have to call into question how many Oakland Raiders fans are going to make that trip every weekend. It's not like... Here's Oakland and here's Las Vegas. No, it's a fifteen minutes. It's apart, a decent it's a, drive. It's going to be a good day trip for you, yeah. at least. And that depends if you're a devoted. You can't. Who's going to tailgate those games? I, Oakland, I'm telling Raiders you, it's going to be a mainly the night before. I mean, diehard people, sure, but I. It's going to be. There's not going to be any traditions that grow around that team, and that's a very. You're playing with fire at that point.
0: It, it's going to be an interesting thing because I think it's going to be a very much uh, a rotisserie style fan base there it's going to be people that are coming to stay the weekend and i i think vegas has enough of a populace to where it can attract as long as ticket prices aren't absolutely ridiculous mm. i i think it's something that can be sustained it's going to be something like we've never seen before it's it's a very interesting project to see if it's going to work out i don't think it's going to work out for hockey because hockey just doesn't work in in the southwest right. i mean san jose i i'm well they've
1: They've they done can't really. Pretty well, though. They can no, do they, pretty well. They, but look at they, Arizona. They've sold out pretty. Uh, but look Indiana at Arizona. Uh, pretty good. Um, Arizona, yeah, very strong. <laughs> yeah, struggling for sure. That, yeah, no, I, I can't And I mean, unless really.
0: unless the the Kings are making a run for the Stanley Cup, nobody's really paying attention to the Kings.
1: Right. I mean, the Kings have been good. Mainly, I would say the greater part of the last five years. I mean, they won the cup in 2012 and um, 2013, but. Yeah, well, other than that, you're you're not wrong. Yeah. So, um, I think I think Los Angeles is a little more sustainable because, I mean, the Kings have been there since the '60s. So, yeah. um, but anyway, I think we've worn this topic down a little bit. Yes, so. we have.
0: Uh, when we come back, Stephen has a little question for the people and a little question for me yeah. about
1: MSU football. Let me uh, tease that for you real quick. How close is MSU football to getting back to the Bay 10 title game after a disastrous 3-9 and season? And we'll discuss that next on the State News Sports Podcast. <music> Welcome back, everybody. And uh, Casey, it's time to get to the thick of things here. Um, the kind of thing we teased right before, and it's kind of time to... I just want to unload on this topic a little bit here, and... You know, I said it right before the break and it's how close is Michigan State football to getting back to a Big 10 title game. Now they they won the previous 2 of the 3 before this season and then obviously this year was a disaster that culminated in a near apocalypse that everybody thought was probably the worst year Michigan State football has played in a long long time with that that the ugly 3 and 9 record and You know, at times they they showed that they could fight and stick around with good teams, and then other times you would have thought they would have got beat by Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, (laughs) Casey, I want you to make a case for me. Uh, How far away or how close is MSU to getting back to the Big Ten title game?
0: I think it's going to take just around three years or so. Um, If you look at other schools around the conference, and especially in the East Division, unless there's going to be alignment or a realignment in the next few years, um, Ohio State... And Penn State are gonna be in the driver's seat. I would say for the next year at least, um, maybe two years. But by then, by year three, um, Ohio State they're gonna kind of be in a little retooling phase. They're gonna be getting the freshmen and their underclassmen back into it. Same thing with Penn State, um, Michigan. I, I think they could be a lot like Michigan State this year. Um, I don't. I'm not saying they're gonna go three and nine, but I mean you have to look at it. But steps back. Yeah, they're they're losing. A good majority of their roster. I mean, they were, they had forty some seniors on that team. And
1: most of that de- I think most, if not all of that defense gone.
0: Yeah, and all of the starters are gone um, on the defensive side, like you said. And it's gonna be a lot like Michigan State. I'm not saying they're gonna go three and nine, but I mean, Michigan State had forty some freshmen on the team this year. Um, and so I think by by the time you get year three, by the time they're juniors, Um, there's going to be a lot of leadership on this team, and they're going to have played a lot of football together. Mm -hmm. Um, I I still have faith that Mark D'Antonio can extradite that talent and he can really coach those guys up, and that's why I think it's going to take probably three
1: years. See, I kind of go back to Clemson and Bama, that game, and I made that comment to you right when they went up and and right before they scored the game winning touchdown. was that one play Mike Williams had that hell of a catch. And I said to you, that's what Michigan State doesn't have. Who's, who's been their position that's been the go-to guy when the running game stalls? It's, or, been, the, it's been the big receiver. It's been Benny
0: Fowler, it's been Aaron Burbridge, and it's going to be Donnie Corley.
1: Right. And so for them to get back in the flow of things, it's going to be that need that one guy again. And they've been lucky with Connor Cook. They were lucky with Connor Cook. They were lucky with Kirk Cousins. And they might have been lucky with Andrew Maxwell, but none of the receivers were at that point yet, and that was kind of like what Donnie Corley was. He showed flashes of brilliance, but he wasn't there yet. Do I think he will be that next guy? I do. I mean, you look at him, he's strong, and he can rip the ball away from anybody, but he didn't make those plays that Mike Williams made for Deshaun Watson, those leaping plays when he's not open, he's open. See, Donnie Corley will probably get that as he matures. And so I think they steps away at playmaking positions like that, and you're going to need playmakers at more than one position. And I think in the next two years, so not this after this season and after the – they could possibly do it the season after this next one. And that's what I'm going to claim is Michigan State will get back to the Big Ten title game in what, 2019, yep. our senior years? I would think our senior years, um, Michigan State will get back to the Big Ten title game because – You know these guys. I think uh, D'Antonio is is put um, you know the onus on the quarterback position now, and I think with Brian the Worky, he's going to get into that mix. And um, you kind of look at it. He showed flashes of brilliance, and he's going to be good. And I think you know he can he develop into a dual threat. I think so. Well, he's not going to be a Deshaun Watson. He's not going to be a Lamar Jackson. Will he surprise people? I think so. He's got the arm. It seems like, and he was at Tyler O'Connor's level during this season, and Tyler O'Connor was a fifth-year senior. So I think he's shown flashes of brilliance, and if Donnie Corley can get open, it's going to be the key thing because their running back game right now is still solid. The offensive line you know, was shaky at times, but then it was also very good at times. They are very good against Ohio State and Michigan. So you've you got to replace some guys there, but Brian Allen's back, and he's going to be the leader of that team, same with Jack was. And so you, you, they're going to develop, and they're going to be good along the offensive line. Defensive line was better without Malik Dowell. Would you agree? I, I think so, and so. But the one other key position I think you're gonna have to keep your eye on is um, what's what's not what's not his face. It's uh, it, it, it's the Safety? cornerbacks, the safeties, and the defensive backs secondary. again. Because in that secondary, you know, you, you saw it, and they they weren't they haven't been very good since 2013. No, that not it, so. They need to get back to to coaching those guys up again. I think having the young guys with you know everybody, the old guys are all gone now, and I think. They'll be good again back there once they kind of settle in with this younger team. It's their team now. They don't have to fight with the older guys. I mean, there's not many of the older guys left anymore. So it's their team. I think within the next couple of years, playing good and playing fast and playing the way these young guys have play, I think they get back within two years. So, I mean, that's my take. Casey... Anything um,
0: Yeah, before we move on, I, I just want to say that the Big Ten's going to be really good in the next few years. I mean, oh, you yeah. got P.J. Fly well, rowing the, the
1: boat to Minnesota. I would be careful that statement because they thought they were really good this year, and they sucked in the in the <laughs> ball season.
0: I mean, Wisconsin, they're big boys. They're playing. I think Nebraska's on the rise in the West. Ooh. You come here in the East, Franklin, he's very competent at Penn State. I don't like him as a guy, but he knows how to run a football team. Um, Ohio State is Ohio State, and... I mean, Harbaugh's Harbaugh. So, anyway. Um, Thinking of
1: big clashes, I think what? What's the next big clash you're looking forward to? And it has nothing to do with any of these things we call sports. In no. Sense. Well, it's it's a sport.
0: It's just a non-traditional it's sport. It's fighting. <laughs> um, something that I've always kind of grown up watching. My dad is a big UFC guy. He's a big MMA man. And... Conor McGregor is flat out. I think he's the best fighter in the world right now. Woo! I don't think there is a guy in organized fighting That's that could take. beat him, and that includes Floyd Mayweather.
1: Whoa. Um, oh. Oh boy. oh, boy, it's a good thing Floyd ain't here yeah, put your uh, blood on the ground right now.
0: Well, uh, apparently I've got to pay him a lot of money before he'd even be willing to oh, do that. that's right. I forgot. Because uh, he doesn't have enough already. Yeah.
1: Um, he, he, <laughs> he's kind of been making a big deal out of it ever since Dana White. Um, i surprised he's not pulling an Apollo Creed Rocky one here and just fighting for charity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dana White um,
0: offered McGregor and Mayweather $25 million each to fight and he said that was basically chump change, it wasn't worth it to him. Um, I'll I'll play some audio for you in a second. Um, uh, Yeah, this is pretty much what Floyd Mayweather had to say.
1: We keep seeing and hearing about Conor McGregor and you're the A-side, he's the B-side. Dana White has responded. You responded last night to a certain degree. Where does that stand? And does this Uh, thing really have any possibility of existing at any point?
0: I don't know what he said. I don't know what he... Well, the best thing to do it's to look up how much money Conor McGregor has made, then look how much money Floyd Mayweather has made. And then we can make the fight happen. You want that fight? Um, I'm a businessman when it's all said and done. Absolutely. So as you can see, um he he can't really put the money where his mouth is. Um he, I mean, this guy, he's worth six hundred and fifty million as he proclaims it. Um he's made six hundred million or six hundred and twenty total from his fighting career alone. And do you know how much he made against uh, Pacquiao? How much? $180 million. Oh. That is... For it, the worst fight in the world? That is an unbelievable oh, amount of money. Was a stupid fight, too. But
1: Good thing I didn't actually watch that.
0: I, I, I was going through it. I was trying to see if what That's he so said actually wow. had weight to it. And he said that Conor McGregor was only worth $2.5 and that he, he isn't worth fighting because you got to have that money first. And well, it's not even.
1: It's, but he, it's not McGregor who's paying him. No, it's, <laughs> it's nor is it. Nor is it. Yeah. Like, McGregor would be getting that twenty. And
0: he's right saying too. he's doing it as as a businessman. It's oh, a business decision.
1: Business but he he's wasn't even right. Him business when
0: he case. when he called Conor McGregor out on Twitter saying that he he's only worth two point five million. You know that like when you look into it, McGregor made twenty two million dollars last year, and that's according to Yahoo. Um, and that was in twenty sixteen alone eighteen million from fights, and then another four million in endorsements.
1: I can't believe it. what is does Conor McGregor endorse. Is it a lot of things in Ireland because uh, I don't I'm, know what he's. Endorsing. I'm sure it's
0: a lot of like UFC stuff. Um, he That's probably true. does some commercials here and there. Right. Um, I but mean, I, you know what I think? Mayweather's scared. He knows that he can't win against McGregor. I,
1: I don't think that he thinks he can't win. I mean, that man is probably the best boxer of our lifetime. Oh, I mean, he, has, he hasn't lost. He's an incredible boxer, but you have to
0: look at it. He's 10 years older than I, it's McGregor. I,
1: I think it's different, though, too, because they're different fighting styles. McGregor isn't a boxer. McG- but he's a lot more athletic than I think Mayweather oh, is. yeah, he's in the prime of his life. And, I mean, MMA, you've got to have a better range of motion usually than boxing. If boxing's tight quarters in terms of, you know, you can only use your fists. Yeah, but McGregor's just a freak. I mean, if you watch him in the octagon,
0: he, he's more than just right. a, a... I wouldn't a,
1: disagree with that.
0: Yeah, he's more than just a kickboxer. And, I mean, McGregor's still, he's undefeated. He's, he's drawn I, ties he's in lost. three of his... No, he has not lost. He lost to Diaz. He... True. I I sure. checked his record. His record I'm is. Sure
1: they, they lost that one. It's twenty-one three and zero. Up coming back. I'm pretty sure. It's twenty. I, you might be right. I might be. T- I might be thinking. Yeah. Something his else. his
0: official record according to UFC is twenty-one three and zero. Uh,
1: twenty-one three zero. Oh, I just <laughs> don't, don't know how be to three read. Losses, buddy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, I told you. it's just a uh, caffeine oh, that I'm amped boy. up on. Anyway, forgive that. All
1: right, go Good shot that segment. Like, no, I'm kidding, buddy.
0: Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I he's afraid of Conor McGregor. I know he is because he doesn't want to face a guy that's ten years younger than him, that's got that much more energy, that much more excitement. He's got a couple inches on reach, but I don't. I mean, it's only another two inches. Um, I, I'm not going to go into that too much. Uh, but McGregor is just a freak of an athlete. I mean, what kind of man has belts in two sports could probably have it in the third once he beats McGregor or once he beats Mayweather, right. and. <laughs> He's just using the oh I make more money than he is so I'm going to put him down as an excuse to kind of just hide behind the fact that he doesn't want to fight him. I mean,
1: look, I have you ever seen anybody like take on Mayweather like that? Like in a sense where they've called him out and said no. I want to fight you? No. No, nobody is nobody has done that. I think that that might shake up Mayweather a little bit. I I doubt that he's actually scared in the sense though. I Maybe I mean he might just because he might be older. I I I couldn't tell you the exact reason. I don't know if it's being scared. I mean the guy's the greatest boxer in the world. No one can beat or at, right now no one can beat him. I don't know if he's scared.
0: I I still think he's just afraid to. He's using net worth and saying that oh I'm not twenty five million dollars isn't enough for me. Get over it. If you if you're really the greatest boxer of this generation, put your money where your mouth is. Take the chump change quote unquote. And go with your gut. Fight McGregor. Anyway, um, I think that'll do it for that segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame decision. Pudge Rodriguez, among others, are in there now. And we're going to break down Saturday's game, uh, MSU versus the Hoosiers. Welcome back, everybody, on a Friday afternoon here in East Lansing, and uh, we got some news during the break. Um, Kid Rock, he will no longer be performing the inauguration. Yeah, we lied. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it, we're, enjoy the music, but
1: uh, I guess
0: it's it, it's only a half true with him. Uh, still starting off, him accounts. yep. <laughs> so anyway, from one knockout to another, wow. um, there were many former tigers. Um, as a Tiger fan growing up that got knocked out of the Hall of Fame voting uh, by the Baseball Writers Association of America. But one did get elected, and he will not be going in as a Tiger, but he was one of the reasons they made their run to the 2006 World Series, and he's a reason why they were a perennial contender for roughly a decade. Um, Pad Rodriguez, he joins... um, the ranks of the immortal baseball players. He's one of two catchers to ever get the bid in his first ever ballot. Um, he joins Tim Raines and Jeff Bagwell who both crossed the plateau, um, kind of snubbed out there was, uh, Trevor Hoffman and Vlad Guerrero. Both of them, um, did not receive the 75% that was needed to enter the hall of fame. um, I kind of feel bad for Trevor Hoffman. He was only five votes shy.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'll get in next time. There's no way he wouldn't.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately for Maglio Ordonez and uh, Carlos Guillen, Maglio at least got some votes. Carlos Guillen got zero votes. Um, Maglio got surprising. three.
1: Um, <laughs> Neither of those are surprising.
0: We, I I think I can make an argument for Maglio at least to to get more than three votes. Maglio um, once looked at me in the crowd. No. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> Um...
0: I think he was an exceptional hitter. He was one of the best hitters in the game for three to five years, and I think if he won a world championship um, with the Tigers in 06, that changes a lot. Anyway, um, he just missed one with Chicago in 05. Um, Steven, I think you had some opinions about the Baseball writers. Look,
1: I, also, I often look at this, and I think a lot of people have had problems with the baseball writers before. I mean, wasn't it last year who one of the writers like sent like a ballot out to like fans or something, and fans got to choose his ballot, which is not taking it very seriously. I mean, he
0: should have gotten his vote taken oh, away. No, he
1: did, but. Um, I kind of—they've often screwed a lot of things up, like Alan Trammell not being in the Hall. Um, there are a lot of guys who missed the Hall of Fame for those reasons, and I don't know if it's just a bunch of old, cranky old men who, you know, I don't know who these baseball writers are half the time. But they've often seems like they've screwed a lot of things up, and uh, you know, I kind of find it annoying sometimes. I, I just find them annoying. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, there's plenty of good guys that you'll never hear about who do their ballots right. But it's often the guys who do them wrong that screw a lot of things up, and I don't know what the hell they're paying attention to half the time, or if they, you know, if they do their minimal amount of homework, uh, which is none for them, I guess. But yeah, you know, I often just they just kind of screw a lot of things up, and they they annoy me. I don't I I, I got no other way to put it than that. But they just annoy me. <laughs>
0: looking uh looking up and down the ballot, I mean, there's still some guys that will probably get in. Um, I don't know about like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I think at this point. You don't know who got in already, who's done PEDs. This is such a tricky time for Major League Baseball, and there, there might be guys that have already gotten in. And I mean, if you're going to let Bud Selig in, the guy who is kind of behind all of that, then I think you have to let Barry Bonds and you have to let Roger Clemens in. But one guy that you can't let in is Kurt Schilling. Kurt um, Schilling. Is an, a terrible person. I'm. I'm going to be pretty frank about that. I mean, his worldview on many things. I mean, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to always broadcast them. Um,
1: Just because you can doesn't mean you should.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, go ahead, support whoever you want. But at the end of the day, I mean, this guy is a blatant racist.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not
0: and I think if you if you ever want to make a case for Kurt Schilling, then you have to let Pete Rose in. I mean, Pete Rose. Yes, gambling is wrong, but he's the greatest hitter of all time. Let's let's be frank here. Um he's better than Ty Cobb, he's better than Babe Ruth, he's better than Hank Aaron. Um and uh, th- th- that's about it. Um talking about basketball now. No, what, a, what a segue, buddy. <laughs> let's uh let's just uh turn the pace here. Jeez. There's a what basketball a, what a game on a Saturday. Segue, buddy, yeah, yeah,
1: I've got a way with words. No. <laughs> Um, there's a basketball game on Saturday, and if uh, Casey, you think Michigan State doesn't have much of a chance this game.
0: No, um, your Spartans, I'm not talking about you, talking about the fans. Well, um, consistently I inconsistent. Um, I, there's nothing on their resume that has convinced me that they can beat this Indiana team on the road. They've beaten Minnesota twice, and they beat them on the road. It was a very good game. But I think Indi- or Minnesota's kind of been exposed um, as a team. I, I, I don't think Minnesota's as good as everybody thought initially. Um, and Indiana's coming into this game hot. I mean, <laughs> James Blackman hitting that buzzer-beating three against Penn State yesterday, or Wednesday, rather. Um, he's averaging 17.5 a game. Uh, he's one of the best in the Big Ten, and I, they're really kind of unbeatable at home. There's 11-2. and two at Assembly Hall. Um, but, I mean, MSU does have a couple things going for them. Um, their, their forward, OG, I'm probably going to butcher this name, uh, uh he went down, he buckled his knee. I think he's probably going to miss the MSU game. And hmm. uh, Izzo well, said he's going to try and mix up the offense. He might try Cassius at the two, um, playing him on the floor with Tom Tom. Um but you still gotta get your wing players to
1: make shots and take take more of them, quite frankly. Um, I want you to keep in mind you're also the guy who told Aerial Powers to stay and she just left and it would be a great, that's great, true. great way to spite you. I'm no um, basketball <laughs> no uh, Nostradamus. <laughs> I know I'm messing with you, buddy. But uh maybe they could they, you know, maybe they, they shut a lot of us up and actually play on the road for once. And I would love to be wrong. I mean I'd,
0: I'm. are you the beat writer? You can't have a stake in this. I'd, I. mean, hey, you're right, but I also get to output <laughs> oh, my opinion every oh, once no, in a while. Man. This is a podcast. This is this, an opinion section. Oh, No. Uh, we we tagged this as opinion, <laughs> Stephen, in case opinion. you didn't know. Right. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I. I mean, you just look at it though. The uh, the lineup doesn't favor them. They're at a, they're at a size disadvantage, kind of like they were against Ohio State. Um, and Assembly Hall is a very hard place to play in, yeah, especially for four true. freshmen.
1: Especially because it looks like a high school gym half the time.
0: I mean, I like what I've seen out of the four freshmen. I just, I, I don't know. Until they can string together some good wins on the road, I, I'm just going to say that they can't do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Anything
0: else you want to add, Stephen?
1: No, I, you know, I, I think that we've, we've kind of nailed it a couple times that Michigan State just kind of has to. To go through these growing pains. yeah, I mean, I mean we, they've we just got a headline themselves. on that one time, but th- this might be the year of growing pains and you know maybe they put it all together later in the season. but you know if they have a good showing, I think it goes a long way. but if they pull what they did against Ohio State and kind of blow a fifteen to five lead and where you kind of just put your foot down for a while, they blow that then, you know maybe that's just gonna be the story of the year but maybe if they can sustain something for once they'll learn something from this team and you know is always has the guys ready too. so you know I can't I can't see Michigan State coming out and getting blown out by Indiana no and I, could, I could see them winning would I bet if I was in Vegas No, I would pick Indiana but yeah
0: I, I think they if they lose um, it would be probably a five point margin it's gonna be a relatively close game but I think Indiana's just got what it takes uh, to come out on top yeah um, That's my opinion, though. Connor Clark, I believe he's coming out with a preview tomorrow, or Friday, rather. Um, I'm really bad with dates on this show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think that'll do it for this show. It's been a very productive slate. Um, We'd like to thank you for spending your lovely time listening to us just ramble on. Uh, Remember to check us out on Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. Leave us a review. Uh, Anything you want to add, Stephen, before we let these people enjoy their weekend? No, I've got nothing. Nothing,
1: Nothing to report today, sir.
0: Well, uh, I think that'll do it from the snooze crew. Um, And we hope everybody has a good weekend, and we will see you Tuesday.